Welcome to Off the Cuff Breakfast Edition with Justin Schoenrock. Oh, wow. We're recording already. Oh, wow. All right. Now you didn't, that was a slow roll. And you didn't that, even was see, a, that was a slow roll. You didn't even see that happening. That's happening. Rolling on in. So uh, the show is called Off the Cuff with no guff, meaning no polish, no edits, just talk, opinion. Got it. Have you heard the phrase no guff before, or is that a Canadian thing? Uh, no, I've heard it before. Yeah. I don't think it's strictly Canadian. No? Okay. Yeah. Huh. So we're coming to you live off the floor. You are from uh, where are we? The, the Hyatt it? Regency. Yeah. Hyatt Regency in the uh, Regency. Uh, I don't even know what this room is called. It's like a little secret room with a giant metal door. I think it's the Regency Club. The Regency Club. Okay. Regency Club. Yeah. Big metal door. It's quite ominous, but uh, it's glorious inside. And we're in town filming with Mondo today for the action figure adventure series. We are. We are. It should be fun and exciting. I'm told to look for the big snake, so. You know, that's, that used to be your pickup line. <laughs> well, you know, when you're out here in L.A. and West Hollywood area, you know, sometimes it's either uh, high on the razor and let's go skiing in the Hollywood Hills or it's wow. look for the big snake. Okay, well, that's that. We've got uh, a number of topics that people have written in today so far, and they get to hear our responses to them over, as, over breakfast here as we sit in the Regency Club. Gotcha. All right. First one is thoughts about Terminator Dark Fate. I haven't seen it. What do you think? I mean, I'm sure I'll enjoy it, but most probably won't. Why do you think you'll enjoy it? It came out this weekend. Did not do well at the box office. No, I heard that. It's sad. Uh, you know, I, again, it's like a, it's almost like a throwback nostalgia thing, you know, and um, I see how they're trying to reboot it a little bit. You know, I was excited to see James Cameron's involvement in it, but... Uh, yeah, I mean, the only reason you're really going to go is you want to see Linda Hamilton, you want to see Arnold Schwarzenegger back together on the screen, and, you know? Yeah. Um, do people get a little too uh, worked up over these reboot franchises and, like, oh, it didn't work, now it's over, life is done? Probably. Yeah. Well, I mean, it's not hurting Cameron, who's got, like, 50 more Avatar movies going, so. Is this a flash forward to maybe the reception of Avatar? Could be. I mean, he didn't direct Dark Fate. Oh. He's a producer on it. Worked on the story, from what I understand. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm a little worried about Avatar. You know, it's, it was a movie that was very. Why popular. are you worried? Well, I'm just saying, it was a, it was a movie a long time but, ago. But where does popular. the worry come from? Is it really worry? Like, what are you worried about? If it doesn't do well, is it really going to impact your life? It might. I might cry a little. You know, yeah, but you do a fair bit of crying. It's okay. You're you're in touch with your emotions. Your I'm emotions so have value. I'm so sensitive. You are sensitive. Ooh, it's a decent cappuccino right here. I'm gonna try that after. It's I good. just have regular house brew. Speaking of reboots, you recently had a story about Kevin Smith reboot, Jane Silent Bob reboot. Yeah. You want to tell everybody listening about that? I'm gonna cry again. See, this is all about crying. It's all about crying. Trying to make me cry. Yeah. Um, well, yeah, you know, a couple months ago when they announced the reboot, it was gonna come through Chicago. And uh, I'm so excited. Oh man, I want to meet Kevin Smith, you know, all that kind of thing. So, uh, purchased my tickets, you know, went VIP style on that. And, uh, VIP tickets? Oh, yeah. And this would have been the first time you met him, right? Would have been the first. Um, I remember my first time. Yeah, yeah, you do get a first time. And, uh, well, you know, so, so, sometimes, you know, you got to fly home, you got to do some things, and you miss some things, and, you know, it happens. But uh, we're referring to the fact that uh, on Action Figure Adventure while filming at PowerCon, Justin was there. Uh, the day before, we got to film with Kevin for his part of the documentary. Nothing was planned. 
Justin is a big fan of Kevin Smith and uh, had to leave. Didn't early. pan out, but he went home uh, for I would say a really legitimate engagement. I did. I Me did. again, genuine again, not poking fun. Uh-huh. It's Grandma's birthday. Grandma's like a really big cornerstone piece of your family. Absolutely, got to do it. You go there Christmas Eve every year, no matter where you're living in the every world. Year, Thirty-seven years strong. Thirty-seven years straight. So I understand Grandma Jean's birthday is a big deal. And again, we didn't have it planned. No, no. It was it a crapshoot. If it happened, it happened. And it happened. It happened. Um, and then you had your chance to meet him because I, you bought tickets to I him. did. I did. I waited a few months and that whole thing. And then the day of, they changed the time of the event. And it was originally supposed to be movie premiere at 7 o'clock in the evening. And then photo op after the movie. Yeah. So presumably 9, 9.30, somewhere around that, uh, which is fine. I had somebody set up to watch uh, the kids. And then I got an email like around noon saying, oh, you got to be here by like 4 o'clock now because the photo op's going to happen before the movie at 7. And I live in the suburbs. This is happening downtown in the city. There's no way I'm getting like kids picked up set up somebody to watch them and down there by four o'clock it's just impossible anybody happen. with two kids under five i think is never comfortable when no. there's like the day before change let alone the day of change for hours, anything planned. hours yeah before. hours so it was, a, it was a it was a pretty uh it's a pretty damning situation um but yeah unfortunately i said you know what this is gonna happen uh, reached out. Luckily, I, you know, I was able to find a friend of mine who was able to. Dad Dolan got out there by the yeah. looks of it. I saw the pictures. I didn't even know that you found a home for him, but I saw him and his buddy. You uh, yeah. know, the high fives and hugs. And- well, you know, I shot him a message and I said, "Hey, I go. I don't know if you're a big Kevin Smith fan at all. I go, but uh, I got these tickets. Um, you know, somebody I'd like to see somebody use them instead of them just go to waste." And he's like, "Yeah, actually, a huge Kevin Smith fan." He's like, "Let me see what I can make happen." And uh, yeah, he was able to. Did you take them off your hands for a good price, or did you just take them off your hands? Oh, uh, they were a complimentary gift. Oh, okay. So, so again, future considerations, as they say in the sports world, huh? <laughs> yes, yes. <laughs> no, he's that a, sounds about he, right. No, he's a, you know, he's a good guy, and, uh, you know, deserved it, so uh, enjoy it. Yeah, because he, what, spent six months in Thailand living it up, and he really needed a, a, a handout, a break. He needed a lucky break in life. So thank God, thank goodness you got people like you making sure that things are going smooth for him. Yeah, absolutely. But enjoyed it. Now, the tour that he's doing, Kevin Smith, it's a Q&A, kind of one night only in theaters. I think it's limited release where the, he isn't in attendance as well at this point. He's going to do a second leg of that tour. I don't know if he's going back to Chicago, but the, I was listening to Smodcast recently, his podcast, of course. And he's going to Nashville and a few other places that aren't that far from you. And you do a fair bit of travel. Are you going to try to line something up? Or have you said goodbye to the opportunity of trying to meet him and make that dream happen? You know what? I think I'll just wait until the professional opportunity happens down the line. Okay. Yeah. So you're just going to wait to do it and hope that it kind of aligns with some... some future project. Future project yeah. of some sort? Okay. All right. Because you know that the universe is just telling me, right? That it's just, you know, it, it just hold on. Maybe the universe is just saying, hey, if you really want us, we want to see that you push for it. Uh-huh. Yeah. yeah? <laughs> so, always. Okay. You're a, you're a big Sony guy. You've always been PlayStation versus everything else, I think. You've never really been uh, platform agnostic. You've well, never... I mean, yeah. What is that? Is that God Quake? War, buddy. Oh, it's God of War. I thought it was the Quake logo. I guess, I guess that's right, yeah. Uh, PS5 was announced. Mm-hmm. Did you get enough use out of your PS4 to justify a PS5 yet? Sure. Sure? <laughs> Are you excited for PS5? Absolutely. Why? 
uh, you know, I think it's always cool to see what the next the next iteration is, the next generation. Um, day one adopter, though? Always. <laughs> really? You're going to get it day one? Of course. I don't think you got PS4 day one. Uh, no. P well, PS4, what did I get? No, you know what? PS4, I waited. So, PS2, I did. Uh, spent the night overnight with my grandmother to get that. Yeah. Um, on the street. Uh, PS3, I spent three nights on the street in front of a Best Buy for that. And uh, <laughs> wow, online retailing has really kind of cleaned up the homeless people. It and, has. It has. On the, on the street. It's a little less fun. Um, and then, uh, yeah, for four, I did. I, you know, I waited a few months for four, and I was really excited about this game, Watch Dogs. Yeah, and I waited and I waited and it came out. I even went, and, you know, oh, got it, hooked it up. I think I played that game for all about an hour and said, "This, this is horrible." I guess the subsequent updates to that game have made it much better. And then, of course, Watch Dogs Two, I think, came out. Yeah, I never even bothered. Yeah, um, burned me on the first one. I was like, ah, no, I'm good. Um, no, no, PS4 Pro, that I did get on day one. Yeah, and I actually bought a new TV and everything with it. Yeah, just to take advantage of the. 4K. I think you're the only other person I know that has a curved TV. It's a kind of a fad for TVs that never really quite took off. I love it. I oh, think yeah. it, I think it's a huge upgrade to the viewing experience. I can understand why some people aren't aren't all for it, but well, I love it. I actually just made a, a, a recent addition to my entertainment system, and this actually works out really well with games. Uh, so Philips Hue. I'm a huge fan of these Philips Hue lights. These are the smart lights you can smart program lights. with your phone. Yep. Yeah. And I've got about, I don't know, 20 of them in the house and another 30 at my office. And the uh, they just came out with a box called the HDMI sync box. <clears throat> so you go from your, whatever your thing is, whether it's a Apple TV or a cable box or a PlayStation. So all your different inputs. Yeah, it, so it, one, it acts as a switcher, but so it takes all these inputs in, I think it takes up to four or five, and then you sync it. To, 4K 2.0 HDMI yeah. technology. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Um, you, you, it syncs to whatever lights you designate as your entertainment system. So, like on the back of my TV, you, I've got you three play bars. You customize kind of the, light, yeah. the lighting for each of the inputs. Yeah, you can basically move them around and set them up, almost like a like a surround sound speaker setup. So, like I have one on the left of the t back of the TV, one on the right of the back of the TV, and one on the top center of the TV. So, with the sync box, it detects the colors coming in through the HDMI and then it displays those colors behind your set based on where you told them to go. So like if you're playing a video game or you're watching TV or a movie trailer, you're, you're seeing these flashes of colors that correlate with what's happening on the screen. And it, it's actually a pretty cool experience. So it's kind of like a, like a fireworks show that kind of it, a little bit. It matches the colors on screen to, to kind of project in your room? Yeah, but you can also set your intensity levels. So you have like subtle, moderate, high, and like stupid crazy. Well, I'm a big fan of lighting while watching movies. I don't want all the lights on, but yeah. I don't want them all off. I can't watch stuff in the dark. It's one of the hardest things about going to the theater for me. It's, it's just too bright sometimes, you know? And I know with digital projections, they want to get those lumens up there. But ideally, I like a little light behind the TV so that the viewing wall isn't just stark and a huge contrast. Oh, great. So. Well, I don't like where this is going because I'm going to have to look into this and that's going to cost me money. I'll put it on an invoice as. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Well, I think Capital the, gains. the box itself, it connects, as long as you've already got a Hue Bridge, it connects to the Hue Bridge and the, the sync box is 249 Jesus. And then the- That's uh, a, lot of, a lot of money for light. You can get two play bars for 129 or a solo one 
for I think seventy nine. You know, I could just go down to Home Depot and buy a lamp and turn it on on a dimmer switch. You you, you could, but you you wouldn't quite get the the same. Yeah, well, I, you're talking a lot of money for some uh, decorative lighting at this point. I mean, this is not like a Christmas display outside. But it actually can convert to a Christmas display, right? Because you can set all your lights to red and green. Yeah, that's a little much. That's what I do. I, I know it, the Christmas season is almost upon us. And I know you're going to be cranking some Pandora first thing in the morning, <clears throat> as is your tradition. Always, you know, little Jingle Bell Rock. Speaking of the, your set-top boxes and stuff, we are finally really on the precipice of this whole streaming wars thing. Apple Plus has started. Disney Plus or Apple, is it Apple TV Plus? Is that what they're calling it? Yeah. And Disney Plus, I think those two names, that one of them's got to go. And I don't think it's going to be Disney. I think you're going to see Apple maybe rebrand that a little bit. Or maybe not refer to it as Plus or something like that. Yeah, the Plus is kind of stupid. Yeah. Uh, we got Hulu, of course, Netflix, Amazon. Is there, first of all, just too much to watch? Like, what do you, how do you decide what to watch with all these different services? I mean, you got HBO and Hulu yeah, and all I this have, stuff. I have all these services, but at the same time... Um, as you know, and anybody else that has small children in the house know, you, the TV's not yours until they go to bed, and then it and then it's your wife's. Well, yeah, it, yeah, unless you somehow manage to like converge on viewing habits, you know, which, which is which is challenging. Sometimes, <laughs> converge but, by survival. That's what that's yeah. what that is. But yeah, it's uh, so I get about an hour and a half of TV time per night. Okay, um, and you know the ironic thing about that is. <laughs> With all of these new shows and all of this new content coming out, I'd say for the past nine months, uh, we find ourselves binge watching shows from 10 years ago that we've already seen. And yeah. that's the weird thing about it, right? Like we, we I'm just, I'm going through Breaking Bad again. Yeah, we did all of, we did all of Breaking Bad, you know, that, that was our first binge one. And then when the final season of Game of Thrones was coming out, we decided let's start from the beginning and we mathematically timed it so that our last episode would end the Sunday before. Okay, I get um, you. So, you know, we did that, and then- Is that because there's comfort and you know, you're not taking a risk on the precious time that you've got and you want to rediscover it? Is it the hype leading up to the finale? It, possibly, you know, and sometimes it's just, uh, it's things you forgot about, right? So, and then like our next one was Dexter. And- uh, Yeah, I'm on the fence about revisiting. I bought it on, on uh, Apple TV because they had it for like 30 bucks the whole season or yeah. series, which is a good deal, but- that ending, though, man. Well, I mean, the ending was horrible, but there was so much good stuff leading up to it. And, you know, like, Danielle had never seen the show in its entirety. Okay. So, you know, for me, it was like, all right, I, I got to enjoy kind of reliving some of the stuff and things that I never realized. And, like, now Game of Thrones was a treat to rewatch because having seen it already and knowing what was coming, there were so many things that they had built in to those earlier seasons. Sure that were clear warning signs uh, that you just yeah. you never picked up on or things that you never realized until you rewatched it again, knowing what you know now. You see, Tanya hasn't seen Game of Thrones, I think maybe half of the first episode. I don't remember season six. I never watched the last season. So I'm torn between going back and watching with her all the way through or starting with season six and just finishing it on the fear that she might not like it. And then I'm going to be stuck back somewhere in season one having to go all the way through by myself. But I mean, streaming wars are upon us now. Like everybody, they say right now, everybody has at least two subscription services on average. 
Um, do you think that Apple and Disney's foray is going to make a big dent in it? Is it going to make it harder for people to watch? Well, we've been talking kind of about this, you know, colloquial water cooler type stuff yeah. for like the last ever since Apple and Disney both announced it. Well, really. then you got HBO's HBO and Hulu. Max yeah, Max is coming next out. Year. CBS All Access, mm-hmm. uh, Peacock, which oh. is NBC. <laughs> yeah, I forgot. <laughs> So, I mean, yeah, you no. got the peacock. Come, yeah. come. Isn't that how it is? Show me your peacock. Oh. Show me. Yeah, Do you think they're going to go with that? You think they're going to license that? For like ads? I, I don't know. I I maybe. It wouldn't be a horrible idea, but maybe right. it sends the wrong message. I think you and I are on the same page that Disney is a no-brainer. Not just because we have kids, although that is a huge reason for me. I, I mean, for the last three months, I've avoided buying any Disney oh, yeah. content so, so from, from Apple. There's been a few that I have slipped in there. Yeah. There's been a few that have slipped in there for traveling. They put it on the iPad for the kids to watch yeah. while we're driving. Yeah. But uh, to see all those legacy cartoons and to see National Geographic as a separate thing, Star Wars, yeah. Pixar, like there's there's just so much to offer. And it, it looks like the cheapest rate amongst them all too. Yeah, for the most part. And in Canada, it's coming out on par for the US. So it's six ninety nine in Canada. And with the exchange, that's like, you know, five and a quarter. Yeah, no, I, you know, I think the Disney one is going to be right. Um, the Apple one, I'm still on the fence about. It doesn't have anything major. Like, I mean, on Apple TV, you see the big banners for, or is it Morning News? that Morning News and C. Yeah. And then, um, yeah, For All Mankind, these the, like, the anthology series. My kids like the Helpsters episode that was there, which is the Sesame Street uh, collaboration uh, from the makers of Sesame Street. It's it's their only kids kind of for right. But they're, they're putting it on the front page because they know kids need something to watch. It was okay. It's about helping people, and it's a bunch of monsters. Well, there was a lot of back and forth when they were designing that service that they wanted it to be super family-friendly. <clears throat> and uh, there's you know a lot of behind the scenes rumors that a lot of shows got scrapped. This is why a lot of like early creators and collaborators that came in to work on projects ended up leaving. Yeah. Um, now, how much truth is to that? You know, being that the first episode of C is out, and you know there are and it's in, free. It's free, and in that episode, it, 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 there are some very non-family friendly scenes. But what's this show about? Because <clears throat> I don't know anything about it. Um, the in the future, uh, humans have lost. The ability for eyesight. Okay. It's gone. Everybody's blind. Um, and that's just become the norm. Everybody's just blind. And it's almost back to like kind of primitive times. Isn't that like a metaphor for today? Yeah. Aren't yeah, we all yeah, really yeah. blind? Yes. yes, it's a very metaphor. Um, but then uh, a baby babies are born and they have their, their eyesight. How back. can they tell? If they, nobody can see, how can they tell? They, they can just tell. It's, you're gonna have wow, to watch that's, episode, that's a big hurdle to get over. You're gonna have to watch the episode and understand. Okay. But uh, yeah, there's uh, there, there's some things in there that are just like whoa! I can't believe they showed that. But they they really go toward the story, and yeah. I guess that's why. It kind of reminds me though, like Apple TV Plus, which I'm still trying to wrap around my brain as I say it. <laughs> it reminds me of like when Amazon and Netflix first started getting into their own shows. It wasn't like a a big jump into it. I mean, Apple's spending a lot of money. I don't want to say that they're not. Well, but the shows that are out there aren't like headline grabbers. They're not like, oh my God, I got to see this. For Netflix, it really wasn't until House of Cards took off that they became like becoming House like... House of Cards was like one of their first. Yeah, and then they became more of like an HBO where they got yeah. known for their own content Original, that they were yeah. creating. And then Amazon has slowly kind of caught up to that with a lot of their stuff. Well, but I don't see anything so far that I'm like, wow, I got to well, get like Apple Netflix, TV Plus. They're doing too much. They're just, they're just, they're doing too many shows, I feel like, right now. There's... Well, their shows, of course, are is all based on data and what people watch. So instead of acquiring it, they get to produce it and save the money. 
and have it forever. I just, I remember the heyday, and again, it's because I think we kind of, you know, grew into watching this, you know, House of Cards, and then these other shows that came out, it was like maybe three shows a year, and then four shows a year, but every one of those shows was great. Was like blockbuster. Yeah, you only needed to watch four things every week. That was it. Yeah, it was it was great, and those shows would overlap a little bit, and then one would end, and then one would start. Yeah. You know, it, it was kind of well. like the way HBO used to do their stuff yeah. too. It was just like Sopranos would end, and then yep. Entourage could come on. Yep. Everything everything was set up for a year round, and there was always the temple. So maybe yeah, Sopranos was fall, and then. Boardwalk Empire was this, yeah. and something was that. Like, there was always Six Feet Under, and there was always a thing. So every season, Sex in the City, yeah, yeah, you knew your show was coming on in that season. And now it's kind of, I feel like they're throwing so much to try to appease everybody. Yeah, it used to be it's a little overlooked. bit more like like sports, where it's like, okay, the NFL yeah. is happening, where it's okay, it's Sunday night, you know, it's football night. Yeah. Now even the NFL is doing Monday and Thursdays, but yeah. still. It's, yeah, all, no, it's like, like every day is too much. Sunday nights. Yeah. For what, 10 years? Yeah. If not more, HBO owned yeah. Sunday night. That was your spot. So what are your what are your predictions for all these uh, services? I think Disney is, is coming it's a, it's a at coming at, It's a bubble, right? It's you like, think it's, it's going to pop? Yeah. You think they're going to go away? Is Apple really going to lose in this race? Is Disney really going to lose? I think it depends on how they evolve. Now, Disney can't lose. Disney can't lose, right? It, <laughs> right. They can't. You're right. They cannot. It, it would be impossible for Disney spent, to evolve. Well, they've spent too much money on property, right? So, be, in, well, in their a, catalog such is so fan-driven property. Yeah. So, you know, between Pixar and their animation Marvel. studios, Marvel, Star Wars, I mean, they, their, their properties are just insane. Um, and then packaging in their other brands like Nat Geo and stuff like that. And yeah, no, they're they're destined to to be just fine. And especially at their price point, most people can afford that. Yeah, and, and they're, they're putting a lot. and they're putting out a ton of stuff that's of the same ilk as their old library, their yeah. their legacy stuff. Like they have the Lady and the Tram movie that's going straight to streaming service, yep. the Obi Wan Kenobi series. Oh, they're, they're they're putting everything into this. Like everything that they're doing on an originals front seems to make sense. Yeah. And they're doing a ton of documentary stuff, which yeah. none of the other kind of services are really pushing so i find that neat yeah no i i'm still very much on the fence about apple creating their own content um as much as an apple fanboy i am uh, i still think that this is a company that I, I get why they're trying to evolve because technology has caught up you know so you can for a company that has made its billions upon billions and it's hundreds of billion dollars in cash flow on their iPhone and their iPads and things like that and laptops. There's only so much these things can do, and everybody at this point is starting to realize that. You know, the iPhone 10 was a huge leap forward, yeah. but then the 10s was the same as the 10. The 11 is the same as the 10. Yeah. You know, it, 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 big the jumps. Evolution is big jumps every down. five years, and then you know, yeah, the evolution is slowing down, and um, you know, and that's okay because I think it was moving so fast for a long time yeah um but uh you know and then there's other products like the you know the ipad and the ipad here is a magical piece of glass but now it's kind of just taken for granted there's touch screens everywhere and you know the technology has become a normal part of everyday life um so they're investing a lot of money into services and you know they're making money on services i i think when Apple has a decent show, I'll probably just buy the show outright. 
I'll buy single episodes instead of committing to a subscription service until they get two or three. It's almost like how I approach video game consoles. I'm not going to buy a console just because it exists. I'm not going to buy it for one game. You know, I've done it in the past. It works out if I put, you know, 20, 30 hours into it. You know, the cost is, you know, but 10 you bucks an hour. But you get seven years out of, a, out of a console. Yeah, you used to. You not no do. more. Okay, PS4, then PS4 Pro. Okay, you can't count the Pro. Yeah, you, you can't, can't count the Pro. Because some games required it to run at an optimal rate. But you could still play the game, just not at an optimal rate. While you're online, chatting with everybody else, getting your head blown off and See, all I these really crazy games. Because it was so similar to the original. It's just like, oh, well, that's is that, 4K. But that's just like, you know, the Xbox One and the Xbox One S or whatever, where it was a huge power upgrade and stuff. Yeah. I don't know. You, I, I still and like the Switch, and now the Switch Lite. I still like between the 4 and the 5, it, it's still been a decent amount of time between those original consoles. Sure. And, you, and then you throw but, in the supplementary. But here's the deal. The Isn't the PS4, and I would even say the PS3, like, how much better is it going to look or perform? Isn't it really more about content for those things? And then for the same thing on the streaming side, it's got, all got to come down to content. Mm-hmm. I think graphics have got to a point in the gaming world that it's not about graphics or power apps. It's about the experience. Yeah, no, it's, it's how do you, yeah, how do you keep it entertaining? How do you make it different? Um, and I guess it, it is a very close comparison to how streaming works. Yeah. I got to get a coffee. Can we stop there for a second? Sure. Okay. All right, and we're back. Everybody listening didn't even realize how long that took, but... Yeah. Uh, we're caffeinated again. More caffeinated, yes, yes. That's, that's how you do it. Yeah. We're still here at the Hyatt Regency. Los Club. Angeles. Club. Yeah. Getting ready to shoot for Action Figure Adventure, our uh, upcoming series on all things action figures and collecting. Any thoughts about that? Because you've been shooting a lot more than I think maybe you originally planned. Yeah, I wish we would have booked us a nice massage for today. That's what I'm thinking about right now. You know, but not enough time. It's not enough time. It's not, not enough, enough time. No. Uh, before we move on from streaming stuff, the uh, the last topic that somebody asked me to talk about was the uh, the next target of piracy, and that's to target people sharing passwords for these different services. You think uh, they're going to be successful in kind of stopping that from happening? Why bother? You know. It's... Well, because there could be tens of billions of dollars, right? Like they're not making enough. But who's to say who makes enough? Uh... Are you making enough? Maybe by somebody else's standards you are. You know, I don't know. The way I look at it is, uh, how there, I'm sure there is a way, there is a technology to stop it, right? There's got to be, uh, whether it's IP-based or, or something of that nature. I know, well, didn't Hulu have a system in place where you could only watch? Like, I remember there was one service that you could only watch from, like, one household at a time, and then the other one kicks you off or somebody, or no, it came up on your screen. And it's like hey, somebody else is currently watching, and you can watch right now. So I feel like they already solved this problem at one point. Not if you have a phone call to coordinate what you're watching. Yes. Okay, you got Hulu Monday night, I got Netflix Tuesday, you got HBO Wednesday. That seems like a lot of work. Not for people that want to save a lot of money. If I'm paying 10 bucks, but I get every streaming service, I know That's... that I just got to figure this out. I mean, yeah, and I get it. Like. You know, I remember back in the day, like, I would have, like, I would pay for Hulu and somebody else I knew would pay for Netflix. And, you know, we would each piggyback off of each other, but we're still each paying for a service, you know, but I don't know. I, I don't know if this can go on air now. I think the, uh, the FCC is coming to get you. I, I, I said, you know, you know uh, hypothetically, hypothetically, but mm. uh, hypothetical situation. Okay, okay. Um, you know, and I said back in the day, I didn't say currently. So you admit to past crimes? 
No, no, no absolutely not. not. I think okay. I passed the statue. Um, Seven years? Maybe. <laughs> but, uh, no, I... Uh, yeah. That's a, that's a tough but, one. Well, you're making movies. Sure. So when people buy the movie, should seven people get it for one sale? <laughs> Makes production really expensive at that rate. It, it sure does. Um, you know, I kind of remember it. I think the music industry was the one who really, you know, they got hit hard at first by piracy. But they also figured out a brilliant solution. Because, I mean, as, as a teen, you know, I remember going on LimeWire and all of the, you know, these other services and, you know, ripping off music and things like the that. The feds are going to be waiting for you when you get home. <laughs> who didn't? Come Not on. me. Who didn't? Come on. Not me. I play by the book. Well, you know, you Canadians are so honest. Well, that's just how we are, right? You know, as, as a struggling teen from the streets, you know, it's, uh, it was hard out The there. streets of Naperville, <laughs> which are, I think, literally paved in gold. <laughs> There's actually a lot, of, a, lot of, a lot of bad press going on in Naperville right now, so let's not bring that up. Yeah, come on, trick or treat. <laughs> There's a lot of stuff going on in Chicago. Um, but, uh, you know, they, I, you know, I all the time was downloading music off of these services, and they put us, they, they came up with a brilliant way to put a stop to it. So they just started releasing, like, the first 30 seconds of the movie would play, or the first 30 seconds of the and song would play. And then it was garbage. Play, and it was garbage. And it, they, they just piled it on and just inundated the market with the bad versions. And it got to a point where iTunes was just beginning to become a thing then. Well, I think the and, bigger thing is that iTunes happened, and it was so affordable to have one song. Well, that's what I'm saying. Like, iTunes happened in, what, it was 99 cents for a song. Yeah. And at the end of the day, I was like, you know what? I can spend hours trying to searching a good version of yeah. this, like a good version, and, or I can just pay 99 cents. And the fact that I could build, you know, it, it, it took me back to almost like a, the cassette tape era, you know, yeah, to where, yeah, you could build your own album and no longer was I relegated to, oh, I have to pay $12 for an album for one song that I liked. I could, I could a la carte it and build whatever I wanted. And, I think that changed everything to be able to do that, and you know, I don't know. If so here's the, here's the problem with the the film in TV industry. How do you value a TV show if if, it, if it's a dollar for a song that's four minutes? How do you value a TV show? Because people don't value it. And that's the problem they're facing. Well, I know, like you know, if I'm on if I'm on iTunes now or on my Apple TV and I'm looking to do a movie. I could still, if I wanted to, I could go online, I could find that movie and I could stream it. I could do that. Um, if you know where to look, it, it, it's doable, but- Where do you look? I, I'm not <laughs> gonna say right now, you know? I'm just saying if I wanted to, I could. Sure. Not to say that I do, I'm just saying I could. But if, uh, you know, so many times now, I'm just sitting on my couch and I'm just, you know, surfing through iTunes movies and I may see something I want to watch. Now the fact that I can watch that in 4K HDR and surround sound. Yeah, I, the is, ease of access yes. is what I love paying for. Yeah, I'm a simple guy, Justin. $4.99, you know, so five bucks, you know, on a brand new release, or, yeah. you know, you go on there and you can find the great deal. So 99 cents for a movie. Like there was a, there was a movie not too long ago, Euro Trip, right? And it's a funny movie. And we're like, hey, we just want to, <laughs> we just want to, I mean, probably the, the critics are, are writing in already. Yeah, yeah, it's subjective, I'm sure. But uh, 
it, you know, it, it's actually a favorite between Danielle and I. We, we love that movie, and we never owned it, so we saw it for rent for 99 cents. You could buy it for $3 and own it. And I was like, all right, rent it for 99 cents, buy it for $3. Of course I bought it. Now we can watch whatever we want, but it was the click of a button, and it was done. Here's, well, yeah, I agree. I love that I can just click a button. It's done, ease of access, no, is this the right thing? How big is the file? Will it play? Any of that hoopla that people that download deal with, from what I hear. Here's the other problem though. 99 cents to buy a song is what changed it all. Now Apple Music has kind of come back and it's $10 unlimited streaming, of course. Bless you. Which, thank you, which is amazing. But now it's like Netflix and Disney Plus, $6.99, $9.99, all the movies you want to watch within a month. So how do you- Or for family memberships. Yeah, $15. Not to so $15, but yeah. $15 and five people can can listen to it. But, but why would people spend 10 or $20 to buy a new movie when they can have a streaming service? for a fraction of that price. I guess it depends like, you know, what's on there and when it's on there. Cause not everything's available. There are movies that I want to watch that I want to just rent or I want to stream that'll just pop into my head and they're not available. I have to go buy it. Like Nintendo Quest. Sure, like Nintendo Quest, yeah. <laughs> you know, sometimes I just want to watch it, you know? And, uh... <laughs> Or I may have somebody be like, hey, what's that movie you were talking about? Let me go check that out. And I'll be like, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, and like, you know, Power of School is easy. I just send them right to Netflix and it's there. And, you know, I'd say probably eight out of 10 people seem to have a Netflix subscription. Yes. I, I rarely run into somebody who's like, oh, yeah, yeah, no, I don't have that. So I think that like they like own the world. I'm not really sure. But, uh, but yeah, no, there's sometimes where it's just it's easier for them to stream something. You know? and, and cheaper. Yeah, there's uh, this really nice woman named Linda, and she does my manicures, right? And we talk all the time. Yeah, uh, you know. Does she do your pedicures as well? I, you know, I don't do uh, pedicures very often. Maybe like two, three times a year. Um, Ladies and gentlemen, Justin Schoen, Rock J Rock, is a man who likes to take care of himself, and there's nothing there's absolutely nothing wrong, wrong with that. that. There's absolutely. nothing wrong with that. But the, the moral, the point is, you know, we talk all the time, like, oh, hey, you know, you're working on this project or this project. She has watched at least half of the movies now. Her, her son was a big video game Nintendo person, so they all have the movies that we've done. Yes, they've watched Nintendo Quest. Uh, they've watched Power of Grayskull, and and I know it because we've conversed about it. So, oh, so you've watched them too. Yes, yes, <laughs> yes. But uh, yeah, no, no. It's so it's like you know, word of mouth is, is good, but it's it's definitely easier if it's on a streaming platform. Versus, uh, gotta buy and own it. Especially if you've never seen it before and you don't know if you're gonna like it. There's, there's plenty of movies out there that I've bought and I'm just like, I'm never gonna watch this again. Why did, yeah. I, why did I do that? That was stupid. And then there's movies that I really, really want to watch, right? But either they're not available to rent yet. It's usually they're available it, to buy. Usually first. there's a two week delay. Yeah, because they gotta have some exclusivity. And in a hypothetical world, you know, those would be the movies if I couldn't rent them yet that I would try to go out and find them. So like many free to play video games, you can pay to get ahead or you could just wait. And so they're preying on your ability and your impatience and that yes. give me now society that we have. Yep. Okay. Here's something that I, I have no idea about you. I know a little bit about you growing up uh, and a little bit of what your hobbies are like now, but did you ever play like any Tabletop games or D and D type games, you know, pen and paper, dice rolling. No, I never played any of those type of games. Um, 
I did, uh, I liked Battleship. Um, and I've had an electronic <laughs> Battleship, which was really uh -huh. cool. Uh, so that, that, that was kind of neat. Uh, I liked Monopoly. Wow. Um, you never played D&D &D or, or Advanced Dungeons & Dragons? You know what D&D &D stands for I, Dungeons & Dragons? Yes, I do. Okay. Yeah, no, I actually, I never got into those. Um, I had I had friends in school that got into it, but it, something never appealed to me. Um, like, they had their D&D, &D, their cards and stuff like that, and I collected X-Men cards. Well, cards are a little, little bit different. Cards are a little bit more Magic the Gathering. D&D &D is really just dice, yeah. your imagination, and a story that's been worked out. And a couple of guides and rule books. I'm really oversimplifying, and all the D and D fans are gonna be down my throat, but that's okay. Um, yeah, no, I, I never had anything against it, and I, I knew people who did, but I don't know. For me, it was ironically, and this is not a plug for the, for the film, um, but uh, it was action figures yeah. for me. It really was. Like I, I had my E-Mans, I had my Ninja Turtles, I had those things, and for that was my magical world. And I, I grew up as an only child, you know, so I played a lot in my room. And I would set up these elaborate worlds and movies and everything else. Like I would get the video camera out and I would make my own movie with these action figures, you know, and I would come up with these such random scenarios. And sometimes these stories would translate throughout the house. Like it would start in my room. And then like, if I had to go take a bath or something, there would be a portal that they would cross through and now they were in this water world, you know, or now they're in the living room. And I mean, I would take these things with me, even when I had to go to like family gatherings that I didn't want to go to or something of that nature. And um, I remember once there was a, there was a house that uh, my mother always went to and they had this gigantic mirror in the living room. And it was like a great, great grandmother and they, she didn't really like kids. And, it was just one of those things where I was always just playing by myself in the living room. She had this amazing, gigantic mirror, and that was a portal. And these action figures would jump through the portal and this and that, and she would have these butterscotches, and the butterscotch was like this magical nugget. You know, like it's the, great. There were that was that was my D and D essentially, right? Okay. Like those action figures. That was my world, and maybe it was because I could manipulate them more, or if it was something I could physically touch. But and your He-Man's played with your turtles, and there was crossover. There was crossover. Yeah, yeah. So what D and D is doing now? They've just announced uh, like skins, like reversions of D and D, much the way that Monopoly has come out with you know Star Wars Monopoly or Disney Monopoly or Simpsons Monopoly. Now there's Stranger Things Dungeons and Dragons and Rick and Rick and Morty Dungeons and Dragons. Makes sense too. Now I think Rick and Morty is kind of obscure because the show hasn't been around for that long. Stranger Things is pretty small as well yeah, like and, I'm, years, and I'm guessing it's just like those universes <laughs> overlaid on top of the familiar tropes so it's not going to change all that much do you think something I mean you don't really play Dungeons and Dragons but do you think something like Dungeons and Dragons really needs the skin the whole idea is that it's imagination to begin with so if you wanted to pretend that you're a ghostbuster and swap out a long sort of damage for a proton pack you, know, you shouldn't have to, and I, it probably doesn't need it, but at the same time, there's probably, a, you know, they're looking at numbers and they're looking at saying, hey, maybe our numbers are down right now, and, you know, we've got to make some changes. And, uh, you know, they, thus they come out with ways to try to make these changes and remarket, rebrand. Yeah, I guess it's smart. Kids right now are probably a lot harder to get in it with all the technology. It's probably a lot harder to get them into it. I don't know if there's a way like they can 
I, I feel like if it was like video game based or augmented reality based, that's then they might that's not what D and D is about though, yeah. and that's why D and D works on its own because it is so different than video games. You know, that's because kids expect that. That's it's like it's far enough away that it can exist because it's far enough away. If it moves close, then it becomes part of something else and becomes unnecessary. Yeah, without seeing like their user data, it's hard to say, but I would almost imagine that in today's age, there's probably a massive decline in user base. Quite the opposite. Really? People want to get together. People want to play those games. People want to have these people. people. <laughs> I'm telling you, tabletop and D&D stuff is through the roof. Like Kickstarter is almost- Kids or adults? Both. Because I, I, could, I could see you know, people that were- And like, remember, Stranger they, Things and Rick and Morty are adult properties. Yeah, So I, they're gearing towards adults. I could see the kids of the 80s and early 90s becoming adults, young adults, like, and, and still being into it and getting together with their friends. Well, here's Instead the of deal. fantasy football, they're doing D&D. Fantasy is always involved. People love escapism. Sure. People are always gonna love medieval sword and sorcery, sword and sandal type stuff. There's always going to be, you know, kids that have those archetypes and those tropes that speak to them. And that's where this kind of comes in. And it's not really expensive to play either, which is really nice compared to buying a console, buying the controller, buying yeah. the game, having the, the internet package, having, you know, the PlayStation Plus subscription and, and sure. all that stuff. So it's pretty affordable just to use your imagination. Believe it. Last topic that was sent our way to discuss on this special breakfast edition of uh, Off the Cuff Nuga with my special guest today, Justin Shonoff, Jay Money, Penny from the Shore. Oh, it's top 10 films of all time. What are your top 10 films of all time? Yeesh. I don't, I think it'd be hard to sit here and name 10, so it, I'm, I'm going to ask for three. Oof. Um. Or let me put it this way. When you think of your top 10, I got I got a few that come to mind right away. Is Jurassic Park in your top ten? I would say so. Yeah, okay. I would say it was you know, it was it was so visually stunning in storytelling when it came out. I just love that it blended so many genres. Yeah, it, it was sci-fi, everything. it was horror, it was thriller, it was creature feature. The last Jurassic Park, eh, I'm take it to leave that one. I haven't seen The Fallen Kingdom more than once. Yeah. And I'm a huge JP fan, so I, I gotta go back and watch uh, it. I'm excited for the next one to see what happens with all those cameos, because Sam Neill yeah, and Laura Dern and Jeff Goldblum are all Well, back. I was excited about the Jeff Goldblum cameo in the last one. I that knew, fell flat. But I knew that that was just going to be what it was. Oh. So. Okay, so um, Jurassic Park is in there for sure. What are some other ones? It's Terminator 2 and Independence Day, are those both on your list? Um, I would, I would definitely say Independence Day for sure. Okay. Um, you know, I, I don't know if it's like at the time it surely was. I don't know if I would say it's, it's carried over. You know, look, I would years. okay, but here's the deal. I would say Bill and Ted's Bogus Journey is on my list. Wow. Because of just what it means to me, my sure. experience with it. Um, there's a, I can easily tell you the the number one movie. Um. Which easily, easily, I can tell you the number one. <laughs> never movie. wavers, never goes back and forth. It, it cemented in time. It honestly doesn't. And uh, Citizen King. Uh, it's funny you've probably never seen it. Most people have probably never seen it. It was, uh, it was a movie. I think it came out in 2004. I think it was or 2003, 2004. Ladies and gentlemen, the number one film of all time from Justin Schoenrock, not just his personal list, the number one film of all time, a film that not many people have seen, admittedly. He can't even remember the date that it came out. 
What is it? What's it called? Uh, it was actually a dramedy called The Girl Next Door. The dramedy called The Girl Next Door. Is that, wasn't that with Drew Barrymore? No. No? Which one no. was that one? Um, uh, this stars Alicia Cuthbert and um, it, uh, Timothy Oliphant. It, 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 Which you it, love from Justified? But yeah, but this was like the first thing I think I ever saw him in. I, you didn't see Go? No. No, okay. He was in Go and that was a thing 99. Yeah, no, this was like the first thing I ever saw him in because I did, you know, I think he did Deadwood before he did this, but I, I hadn't watched Deadwood yet. It's another one on my list. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Gotta watch it now that the movie's well, out. Too. I've seen it now. Now I've watched it. Well, I haven't because I've been because I didn't watch it for so many years because I heard it just kind of ended, and then the movie finally came out to kind of wrap things up. So it's on the list. Um, I definitely enjoyed Nightmare on Elm Street, the original. Really, Johnny Depp, yeah. Wes Craven. Yeah. That's yeah. that's in your top ten. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. But I also watched Nightmare on Elm Street when I was like two years old, so it kind of it, it, it solidified. Okay. <laughs> Oh, just actually, Independence Day, Nightmare on Elm Street, My daughter just got introduced to the new uh, Child's Play movie, so. Oh, uh, how Parent, appropriate. Great Parenting 101, right? Something like that. I, I, you know what, though? Here's the funny thing. She clapped at the end. Okay. You let her watch that? That wasn't that bad. Dude, what is wrong with you? <laughs> That's what Danielle said, too. But, you know, hey, it was a doll. It actually was not nearly as bad as the originals, right? But was it? It's movie? a homicidal doll. How is that appropriate? Kind of Do you want to tell the audience she's, how old your daughter is? She's two and a half. Yeah. She's kind of a weird What's the rating on that she's movie? She's kind of a weird kid. You know, she's an odd sense of humor. Yeah, what's the rating on, on that movie? It's rated R. Probably, well, maybe. It's rated R. So it's just restricted. Those, know, those ratings are in a play. In their parental place. guidance. You know? yeah. It's not parental guidance. I got it. it was the okay. feds are going to get you for downloading both music films and now exposing minors to adult content. <laughs> They're going to bust you while you have your manicure. Oh, damn. Massage animatic. Do you have any great. other little token trophy films that you want to put in there or, or bits of parenting advice you'd like to share with the world? Um, I really have enjoyed most of the Harry Potter movies. Yeah? Um, Are all eight in your top ten? Or do you count them as one story? I count them as one story. <laughs> yeah. Um, well, it's funny. You know, I get crap all the time because whenever there is Harry Potter or X-Men, any of those that are like on TV... That's what that's what goes on. It, it, no matter what, I mean. I didn't it. know you were a big Harry Potter fan. Yeah, this is surprising. Which entry is your favorite? Um, I'm crossing my fingers because I hope you say the same one as me. Uh, Wrong. Of course. Yeah, but they're taking way too long. It's really hard to pick a favorite, but I'd say. Uh, uh, Order of the Phoenix no. or Half Blood Prince, oh. but I like Prisoner of Azkaban. Goblet oh. of Fire is where it's at. It's one that finally starts to play up the love story relationships and the fact that they have that old Triwizard Tournament on yeah. the go. Yeah, but Goblet of Fire was good. Just because they have so many good storylines that they, they weave together very well. Yeah. No, that was a good one. It was a good one. I thought it was very funny how uh, Alfonso Cuarón did uh, Prisoner of Azkaban. Yeah. Like. It, it just, and, and I didn't really know of him yeah. yet. Sure. That was a funny thing. And I guess uh, he only did it because it was a dare by his uh, good friend uh, Guillermo del Toro. Yeah. And yeah, it was it was just on a dare, basically. He said, ah, you can't do this. You don't want to do this. Yeah. And he said, no. I'll yeah, I mean, it's, at the end of the day, it's still a Harry Potter film. It's not a, you know, a, yeah. it's not like one of his but it, signature but it was, films. It was, a, it was a 
drastic change. From yeah, the first for two. sure. Like it, it got. Dark. And Chris Columbus did the first two. Yeah. Bob Stowell also did uh, Home Alone. Yep. He wrote Home Alone. No, John Hughes wrote Home Alone. He directed Home Alone, but he. Uh, I think Gremlins. He wrote Gremlins. Chris Columbus has done a ton of stuff. Yeah, no, it's, I actually just watched Gremlins and Gremlins too. Uh, new Batch is awesome. I, I stand by the fact that Gremlins, the new Batch, the sequel is one of the best sequels of all time because it doesn't take itself serious at all. It turns it all on its head, and it still holds true to the original. Like yeah. it still has the same tropes, but it, it plays it up in a fun way. And talk about forecasting certain characters in that film. Yeah, Clamp Towers. Come on. That's oh yeah, great. great. No, I, and I, they've been working on a third for a long time. Very long. Time. I don't know if that'll ever see the light of day, yeah. but it's supposed to be happening. Yeah. Yeah. I just, I, I hope they don't make it all CGI. But no, the, the whole point, from what everybody's saying, is that they'd go back to animatronics. You're seeing a big, I think, resurgence in animatronics and puppetry. Yeah. I think, especially with stuff like Dark Crystal: Age of Resistance on Netflix and other properties that are seeing the power of that. What was your thought on resurgence of uh, Dark Crystal? I don't know. I, I checked it out. It wasn't quite what I thought it would be. Yeah. Um, it's a prequel, so you know where the story's going. So it's hard to get excited about that. Um, I thought it, the timeline of, of events sped up really quickly. It started really broad and wide like a fantasy epic should. Very similar to Game of Thrones with all these different regions and these different stories coming together. But then at a certain point, it just kind of like collapsed itself and got really quick and tidied up and then it was done. It's like, okay, so they're just putting it into the story. Is it going to come back? Is it not going to come back? Just felt a little rushed. I like the original idea for what was originally going to happen, both in a film and then when it was still going to Netflix as a series, was a sequel from the original film. And that's where Jen and Kira, who healed the Dark Crystal, are ruling as king and queen. And they've done a graphic novel of it now, and you can read that. And they're basically, eons have passed, and they're practically asleep all the time because they're so old. And a creature from the center of the world comes up and has to crack the crystal. Because with the crystal hole, it deprives them of life down there. Gotcha. But when the crystal isn't, it gives them the ability to survive. Hmm. So it's a good moral quandary. Huh? Maybe and you don't next. know where it's going, which yeah. is nice. So... Any last top 10 films of all time for our write-in topic? I mean, you've, you've given us some lovely options. <laughs> um, okay, I'll take that as well. Yeah, there's, yeah. There's nothing realistic. So this has been a special edition of Off the Cuff, No Guff. Hey, you want it off the cuff, you got off the cuff. It's <laughs> Off the Cuff. I'm your host, Rob McCallum. I've been joined by our special guest, Justin Schoenrock. If you want to hit me up with any more questions or any topics you want me to riff on, it's at Rob McZob on Twitter and Instagram. Thanks for listening, and we'll uh, maybe occasionally get to you next week. Uh, likely not. That's why it's the Occasionally Weekly podcast. Cheers. Cheers.